Hey, if you're one of those people who owns and operates a business and you are struggling to kind of structure the way your communications happen, structure how you align your teams, really kind of unify your groups into ways that uh, make them more productive, our guest today is amazing. He is an implementer at, at a company that provides a software tool to help companies align all of their resources, their teams, their people into one great mission and keep them focused on that and seeing benchmarks and thresholds and all that kind of good stuff. But most importantly, today's interview on what it takes to scale goes through so many facets of operational uh, mistakes that people make when trying to grow and scale their companies. It was a great conversation with Tom Brenton and I as we discussed many different elements that go into scaling a company and an organization and how to align the right pieces together to give you the best possible output. I know you're going to love this interview because I, I was just eating it up the whole time we were talking. And I know that you're going to find some golden nuggets in here. They're going to help you think of the right things to be thinking about while you're trying to grow and scale, as well as just really focus on those key strategic things to align all the revenue operations, all the production, customer service, all the pieces of your business that generally get siloed, bring them together and put people on the same rocket to get to the same destination. I hope you find some good nuggets in here. I can't wait to hear about it at the end. And I hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to the Growth and Scaling Podcast. This is your host, Todd Westra. And I am so glad you're here today because we are going to interview an amazing founder or executive who is going to share with us their decisions that they made that exploded their growth. So if you need some inspiration, you want to hear how other businesses are doing it, this is the place to be and we are glad you're here. Enjoy this episode. All right, welcome to today's interview. You are going to absolutely love this discussion because the guest we have on today is, is a practitioner of all the things we talk about in almost every episode we talk about. So I'm going to leave it there and, and let's jump in. First of all, Tom, tell us who you are and what do you do? Yeah, so Tom Brinson, um, I work for a company called 90IO in a strategic partnerships role. So in that role, my goal is to help onboard additional value-add resellers to our network um, that go out and actually push our product. Um, with 90IO, there's something really unique about our business is we're geared towards helping, you know, small and medium-sized businesses, you know, really focus, align, and thrive, um, which ties into helping them scale. Obviously, that's part of the thrive aspect, so... Right, right. Okay, so name those three things again. Focus, align, and thrive. Love it. Yeah. Okay. Focus, align, and thrive. Okay, that is perfect. Yeah. Now, now you you are um, closely aligned with with systems that help entrepreneurs and help small business people kind of accomplish those three things, right? And and in order to do so, you see growth, you see scaling all around you. I mean, you guys are intertwined with this all day long. Tell me a little bit about like, as you watch uh, these users of your software and these users of the tools that you guys provide, and even within your own organization, there's trends that you see that people hit that immediately put them into a growth and scaling mode. 
What's kind of something that you see as kind of your favorite aspect of that whole growth and scaling mode that companies get into when they're trying to build their business? Yeah, so the first thing that's kind of coming to my mind is a concept that we talk about a lot here at 90. Um, uh, every business, every company that's ever existed had an operating system of some sort. And if they didn't know what it was or what it was called, I like to call that the accidental operating system. Um, and the companies that I've seen really go to that next level, they kind of follow a similar path where most of them at some point will go, okay, well, we figured out a way to make money, just moving around and breaking stuff and moving fast. Um, let's go take something someone else designed and apply that to our business. So that like a designed operating system like EOS, like scaling up, right. like business made simple, like any of these different schools of thought out there. Um, but 100%. I really think that that's just a stepping stone on the journey. I think that there's a place that they go beyond that designed operating system where they have something that's holistic and integrated. So using terminology that's specific to their industry, um, married through technology, so information is shared in real time. And that integrated piece is where we really come into play at 90, where that all of the information that they're learning through their journey um, is all stored into our software. And then everybody in the organization can see it. And like I said, it's all in real time too. So, so why is it so important? I, I mean, it goes to your second principle you talked about earlier, but why is it so important to have this information available for the whole team to see? It's all about alignment. You know, if, if everybody knows where we're going, we can all pull the same direction. If there isn't a good alignment throughout the organization, then all of a sudden we start to see dysfunction creep in. And, you know, all of a sudden there's people that are having meetings after meetings or whatever, all that little stuff that adds up to big hours and delays, you know, watches right. and everything down the road. Yeah. You know, there's nothing worse than that. I, I um, at one point I had 350 employees in one of my businesses and we were, we were a call center and a customer service center. And, and I'll never forget when uh, I went on site to one of my locations, we, we were in four locations. I showed up at one of the locations and there was like a, a pre-meeting uh, uh, with the admins and there was another meeting and then there was a post meeting. And I was like, okay, we just had 60 people in a meeting and then like 40 of them stayed for the post meeting times that by three hours <laughs> like, what the crap are we doing guys that cost me a lot of money to have that stupid meeting you know what i mean yeah, absolutely that's crazy i think about the uh, the entrepreneurs that are earlier in their journey that like how could they afford that kind of time commitment from their staff you know <laughs> no kidding yeah no kidding dude i totally get it so so how does your um your tool helps align people to to the mission of the company, right? Mm -hmm. And and people call mission and vision sometimes they interchange them, but yeah. but I, I I happen to be um, one that thinks they're very different items. Uh, mission being really focused on like an objective, and vision being like, hey, this is where we want to go. You know what I mean? But how do you see those those interworking within that alignment of these teams? Yeah. So most companies that come to us when they start their journey with ninety. Um, they really have to get down to that that identity before they can even get into the vision and mission. So like, who are we as an organization? Right. Um, they have to define their core values. They have to kind of plan out some of their marketing strategy. But then once they've got that, where are we now? They've got the accountability chart mapped out and all of that, then they can start looking at right. where are we going? Um, and then the where are we going, uh, you know, mission, vision, goals. I mean, I think you can kind of like tie all of those together. Um, right. 
there's got to be a, a, like like we talked about there's got to be alignment on what that vision is and 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 then everybody can start pulling the same direction um for vision building exercises you know i think organizations really have to go lean on those core values that corporate identity that they build out then they can start to say okay let's all see where we're going and then once they have that vision right. they'll start moving yeah love it love it i i, I totally agree Totally agree. So if you're a business out there who's listening and you are thinking, ah, it's just all fluff stuff, you know, like uh, core values, mission statements, that doesn't really matter. I, I'm delivering a product to my clients. Mm -hmm. What do you say to those guys? If that's if that's all they're trying to do, just deliver a product to clients, then I, I you know, I <laughs> generally try not to talk to those people. I want to talk to CEOs <laughs> that want to build a great business. If they don't oh, to build wow. a great business, then they're probably not a great candidate to work with with 90 and work with me. Right. Yeah. Right. I love it. That's such a good answer. And, and you answered two things at once right there. Uh, not only did you answer how to qualify someone who's really serious about growth and scaling, because in my opinion, if you are not completely aligned with your whole team mm -hmm. and they don't know where you're going, the productivity is like, it's so poor. Yeah. Um, I, I, I was part of an organization uh, about a year and a half ago. I went as a fractional CMO and was helping them kind of nurture and grow their, their whole messaging strategy and things like that. I tell you what, I, I interviewed all the executive team. I interviewed um, um, some of the clients and I said, how clear are you on what they're trying to deliver to you? And, and nobody knew. Like, it was like, yeah, we're just kind of using their tool. I'm like, yeah, but anyway, it was the most awkward conversation with almost everybody on the team because they didn't have that collective vision where they knew where they were pulling the company to. Absolutely. And so I've kind of got a similar story where... Um, so before 90, I worked at a couple different real tech startups. Um, one of them was delivering discount listing services nationwide. One of them was delivering transaction coordination services to the agents to help support them. And I'm not going to name drop um, because I've got positive things to say about one organization and less than positive things to say about the other. Um, but <laughs> okay. going Fair one enough. and being you know employee number nine, and I brought a lot of the stuff that I was reading with me. And I had this awesome leadership team that I was a part of that was super receptive to all these concepts we got really dialed in on you know on working on the business and then the right. other organization i saw what it felt like when the leadership team wasn't aligned um we spent all of our time you know working in the business we never took a step back to say where are we going we right. a bunch of foolish acquisitions that we thought were bolt-ons but they were really just like pulling us away from our core focus and um right seeing those two next to each other um was the catalyst for me to join 90 i i came out of that second experience and I started going through my Rolodex. I knew 90, I knew the EOS process, all that. And uh, <laughs> I called my friend that I saw was working here and I said, what do I have to do to get this job? And just begged for an interview. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. So, so as you help other businesses with this, and it sounds like you just, I mean, you just listed two with very distinct differences in their approach and how they were, they were their trajectory. What do you see as the biggest challenge that most businesses have in their growth and scaling? And what have you seen within your own organization that, that you look at and be like, man, this is, we keep hitting this wall. Like what is that most common wall that you see? I think people is the biggest challenge that most organizations face. Um, even at 90, it. you know, we are big proponents of eating our own cooking. Um, and yeah. we still, as we scale, and I think this is just a natural progression for any business that's scaling. We grew 93% yeah. year over year and uh, silos start to form. 
we added yes. 60, 60 plus people to our headcount. There's no way that there's not going to be a compartmentalization of information. And totally. one of the ways that we really work through that is we make it a big priority to get the team together in person periodically. So um, probably every other quarter or more frequently if we can. Um, we also have yeah. highly structured meetings, weekly meetings where they have a, a, you know an agenda and we check boxes, we go through, get everything done, make sure the information is all shared that way. And then we have our own technology where everybody logs all right. their issues, they log all their to-dos, everything gets put into the platform and then we can all see it. So um, that I think really helps mitigate the siloing inside our business. This is so fascinating because uh, this is this is something that I see in both businesses that are small and starting up and, and let's say sub, sub $1 million. You see the same problems in these hundred plus million dollar year companies where it's it really becomes the siloing issue. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I interviewed a company the other day and they said, um, I was talking to the leaders of the marketing department and they were like, yeah, you know what? We, we are completely isolated from our sales team. I mean, all they do is complain about the leads we're sending and we're generating awesome leads. We're getting feedback from the ground and, and we know what people want to have in our product. And then the product team has their own little silo that's like developing stuff that neither the sales or the marketing team even understand what's happening. I mean, how do you help people solve that problem? Uh, I mean, that's that's an easy case for, you know, you know, product forward, you know, product forward selling is if the if the product right. is developed in line with what the salespeople's clients are asking and then we're using the product as a way to lead in i think that's the big one i also you know my experience in my opinion has been that you know organizations that use the revenue operations model where all of the rev ops teams are reporting to the same three metrics to the same person i think that cleans part right. of it up because i think you're spot on marketing people in my experience tend to be a little bit more like due diligence and fact findy and like I got to know all the answers before I can move forward at all and salespeople right. to be a lot more on the quick start side where they're just like just yep fire 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 and then what aim later um so there's a natural conflict between those two teams uh but having right. one boss that they all report to and having like let's say three scorecard metrics that they're all responsible for I'm going to include CS in this too um I love we, it. Those yeah. are our three numbers. We got to hit them or we don't get our money. We don't get our bonus, you know, and it pulls people together because they have that aligned goal. I love that. Yeah. Now, aligning those three teams is probably one of the biggest challenges in, in any organization, even a little business. You know, uh, I, I've seen it happen where um, I mean, in my own I, when I was in my 20s, I had, a, I had a partner We had a great little business and we were doing the same thing. We, we kept hitting certain uh, metrics. We we're growing. And, and whenever we get into this range, I think at the time it was like a seven to $8 million range. We were less profitable than we were at five to 6 million. And, and we thought, oh, we really want to be in like the 20 million range. We, every time we would grow and scale, our efficiencies went down. And, and so our goals were split off because we now had this customer service director. We had different roles that we didn't know how to operate in. Mm -hmm. And, and we just weren't good at operating in a bigger silo. Well, we got siloed. And, and that's where we kind of fell apart in our quality control. And so we were more profitable with smaller. But what do you tell people? I mean, growth isn't something for everybody. As you look at certain vertical types, what do you see are the, are the primary signs that, hey, you know what? You could probably scale this thing or you know what? Just keep this boutique. What are your thoughts on that? That's a great question. Um, 
you know, I think the product itself determines a lot of the scalability, at least in my experience, like with a software product easily scaled um, with a, you know, like a landscaper, you know, you're going to have a lot harder scaling up to, you know, whatever, 10,000 customers because you just, right. you, you have to go buy equipment, you have to bring on people, overhead. It, I just think that certain verticals are probably easier to scale um, because they're, right. the, the, the product costs are, uh, they're, they're static as you continue to grow. Um, right. Software is probably the biggest one for me. You know, it just, it just clicks because we can build our product once and we can sell it as many times as people are willing to buy it. It is cool. Yeah, There's, I think I think every service provider gets, gets jealous of the software guys because it is so replicatable and it's so so simple that way. But uh, very cool stuff. So so as you are looking around in your like sphere of, of people that you, you know, I guess when you're in your network and you look around and you're getting really frustrated with with your company, you're getting really frustrated with like a uh, something that keeps hitting hitting you guys in your ability to grow and scale. Is there someone that you look at in your network that you think, oh man, that guy just inspired me or that, that woman just inspired my ability to, to keep moving forward and kind of work around this problem to grow and scale. Yeah. I mean, I've got some really, really incredible partners um, that have really taught me a lot of different things. Uh, a couple that come to the front of my mind. Um, I've got a, a friend of mine, Kyle Christensen, who's with K7 uh, Consulting, uh, Pinnacle Business Guide, uh, former EOSI that I've leveraged you know, his insights in a number of different ways. I bounce ideas off him all the time. Um, cool. Another fellow that I'm thinking of, a, a guy here local in town named John Gross, who's an active EOS implementer that I've been able to leverage his insights on a regular basis. We've done a lot of cool you know, marketing kind of stuff where we're supporting each other and he's in my, you know, Vistage TA group now. And so like between cool. those two, and then I, I could probably list off 10 more. Um, I know I've always got sounding board for any of the ideas that I want to pursue and people that I can trust sharing information that you probably don't want to broadcast too publicly about some of the inner workings and strategy, but um, just being yeah. skilled advisors in my corner, you know, it, it's huge. Right. Yeah. Right. That's awesome, dude. I love it. I love it. Well, well, how do people learn more about your tool, about you personally? Like, what's a good way for people to reach out and, and kind of get familiar with what's going on in your world? Yeah, so the best way to connect with me individually, it would be LinkedIn. Um, you know, I, it's my awesome. primary channel to meet new partners. So yeah. I'm on there quite a bit. As far as learning about uh, 90, you know, you would just go to our, our, our marketing website, 90.io, um, start a free trial if you want. Um, we do offer free demos, all the, all the good stuff you would expect um, for that introduction. Cool. So, yeah. Well, I know I'm going to use it. I, I, I am uh, dying to do a demo with you. Check this thing out. I'm a, I'm a really passionate guy about growth and scaling and, and systems. I love systems. And so if you can have, if you have a way that helps companies grow and scale with systems and accountability and all the other pieces that you need. Uh, it sounds like the right tool to me. So I'm excited to dig into it and check it out. I love the endorsement. I, I, I would love to give you a demo <laughs> personally. So <laughs> I'm, I'm excited for it. Well, listen, I appreciate you being on the show today. And uh, I, I am so grateful for all of you listening in. And I hope that you learned some things today that will help you know what it takes to scale your business. Thanks so much for being here today, Tom. Awesome. Thanks, Todd. Appreciate you having me. So did you hear anything new? Was there something that stuck out to you? I know there probably was because we covered the whole gamut of concerns, problems, challenges, things that are enjoyable about growth, as well as those things that people don't like to face. So 
If this was an awesome interview, and I hope it was for you, please don't hesitate to share it with somebody else. This podcast is only as strong as our most important people, the followers, the listeners. So if you find some relevant information here, we encourage you to share with those who are in your network or in your group of people that you associate with, because as you listen to these very, very specific uh, uh, ways to overcome challenges and growth and scaling, we know that not only can you grow and scale, but those who you know can also share in the same joy. So share the love. We hope to see you on the next episode. And thanks for spending time with Tom and I today on the What It Takes to Scale podcast.